630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Riley drops back, looks, looks, dances and throws, and he's going deep down the field. Oh, what a catch by Darrell Walker, who skips his way to the end zone. He'll drop it off to Pouliot, twists it back to McDavid, inside to Everly, reach out, score! 3-0 Jordan Everly from Connor McDavid, and the Oilers are pouring it on, Craig Anderson and the hapless Senators. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. What a start for the New York Islanders. They're up 3-1 on the Tampa Bay Lightning after the first period as that second round series begins. Shane Prince has scored twice, including his second goal with three seconds left in the first period. Islanders 3, Tampa Bay 1 after 1. Of course, the first round concludes later on tonight. Game 7, Anaheim home to Nashville. Here's Predators winger James Neal. Pressure's been on them the whole series. Uh, Everyone's picked them to win, so uh, we know what kind of team we have in Nashville. um, You know, we did uh, everything all year to push ourselves to this point. You know, why not win one more game? Well, why not indeed? The pressure's always on the other team, right? Yes, I've heard that before. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. A lot of draft lottery talk tonight as well. We're getting getting you ready for that big event on Saturday. Bill Daly, the Deputy Commissioner of the NHL, will join us in about half an hour to talk about why the change was made this season to drawing three teams instead of one. He'll talk a little bit about the impact of Austin Matthews on hockey south of the border, and I'm uh, going to ask him as well if he thinks teams should be prohibited from picking first overall more than once or twice in a row, as we have uh, saw happen with the Edmonton Oilers earlier this century, and it could happen again. The Oilers have a 13.5% chance of winning the draft lottery. Bill Daly on tonight's show, Grant Fewer as well, former Oilers goaltender. He's the honorary chair for the Oil Country Classic. That's the McKenzie Tour event coming up this summer. Michael Pinball Clemens on the show as well, the former Argo great now a uh, vice chair of the team, is uh, going into the Canada Sports Hall of Fame later this year. And we'll uh, catch up with our Live in the Dream segment with Jason Jaffray, originally from Rimby, grew up uh, mostly in Olds. He just won the league championship in Germany, playing for Munich. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is 6.08. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We'll keep you updated on the scores. WHL playoffs back on the ice tonight as well. The Blue Jays are in action. A scoreless game against the White Sox in the middle of the fourth. You can Text 630 630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. We're going to tip it off tonight with the producer of this very show sitting in studio for a few minutes. It is Dave Campbell. Dave, thanks for sticking around. Hey, Reed. How you doing? You're doing very well. The draft lottery is Saturday. We will have special coverage for you on 630 Chet starting at 5 p.m. on Saturday. Looking forward to it. By the way, before we talk about the draft lottery, uh, the Blue Jays called up someone from their AAA team in Buffalo to help their bullpen and this fellow, I can't even remember his name, but I just saw the ERA, 7.27. In AAA. That'll help. Not really. Well, might. Hey, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, uh, former Cy Young Award winner. Good pitcher. Uh, Washington Nationals. His ERA in the first inning this year. In the first inning, 14 plus. Well, well what is it in the rest of the game? I don't know. <laughs> you think I wanted to bring that stat up? I wanted to bring the the, the bad stat up. 
Okay. You're negative, Campbell. No, I'm not. Well, you are kind of negative. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so our draft lottery coverage is going to be Saturday at 5. Uh, the Oilers have a 13.5% chance of winning the draft lottery. I just want to recap. Here is how the draft lottery works. There will be 14 numbered ping pong balls dropped into the drum, 1 through 14. Four of the balls will be drawn. The uh, All the combinations give you 1,001 possible combinations. It does not matter the order that the balls are in. So 1, 2, 3, 4 gives you the same result as 2, 4, 3, 1, or, or whatever. The Oilers' combination last year was 5, 14, 6, and 1. That was the order they were drawn. Um, so that gives you 1,001 combinations. The combination of 11, 12, 13, and 14 doesn't count. If that were happened to be drawn, it would get thrown out and they would do a redraw. The remaining 1,000 combinations are randomly assigned to the 14 non-playoff teams. So the Oilers will have 135 out of 1,000 combinations. They are randomly assigned, so they're spread throughout all the numbered balls. The first pick will be drawn. Those four ping-pong balls will be put back in. The next four will be drawn. If it's the same team that won the first overall pick, it just doesn't count. They, they put the balls back in and do it again for second overall. So they have, they have this chart, probably, with all the number combinations well, that have, have been drawn at random? You go along, yeah. Okay, there you go. So 135 out of 1,000. Yeah. And the Leafs have 200 out of 1,000. Exactly. Okay. And the Oilers had 115 last year, which is now Vancouver. There's going to be so many nervous teams out there, nervous fans. Not the Oilers again. Not the Oilers. And me being the devious mind that I, I can be sometimes, I'm going, yes, win, win. Let, let, let's bring up the debate again. Let's have let's have the, the, the wind that blows from east to west, because that's where it's mostly blowing from. This is unfair. This is not right. This team should not be winning this many first-round draft picks, first overall draft picks. And I would say, yeah, it, you know, I would probably agree with you, but that's not the Oilers' fault. Well, it is the Oilers' it fault. It is the Oilers' fault. That's, that's precisely not the, the Oilers' That's fault. not the system's fault. <laughs> so we're going to change a system again? Really? It's been changed, what, three three times in the last, you know, short amount of time? Well, they've, they they changed the odds last year. Yeah. And then now this year they're sticking with the same odds, but they're they're drawing three teams. Mm-hmm. And and they change well, and they change it so any team can get the first overall pick mm-hmm. last year as well. So you can't just move up the four spots, right. which I always thought was kind of weird. Yeah, I mean the, the the Oilers. This is the thing: the Oilers did not win the draft lottery in 2011. They retained the first overall pick because mm-hmm. they finished last. New Jersey won the draft lottery. The reward was moving up from eighth to four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So I'm really curious to see how this all plays out, like everyone is. And why wouldn't you want the number one overall draft pick? Why wouldn't you, with a name like Austin Matthews around? you know? And if that happens, the Oilers will have some decisions to make. But all this talk I'm hearing, Reed, about, well, if the Oilers win again, then there has to be an Oiler rule. There has to be a change to the system again. You know, let's have teams that, you know, you know like the Oilers, Okay, now you can't be in the top three. You can't have a top three draft pick in the next three years. Are you kidding me? Like, what are we talking about here? You know, I heard it yesterday out, out, you know, again, out east, talking about how there are teams that will be upset. Well, what are you going to do about it? There's nothing you can do about it. You know, blame the Oilers for being this bad for this long. But we're going to we're going to argue that the balls did not come up for the Leafs. The balls did not come up for whichever team that you have that has a chance to draft number one overall. You know, 
in some ways, in the back of my mind, you go, well, maybe the Oilers, you know, maybe better if they didn't win it. Well, no, I don't. I don't think you think that at all. You go, hey, go for it. If you're in this position, I agree with Todd McClellan. You want to win the first overall draft pick, but. You know, if if it happens again, you're going to hear all the vitriol and all the you know the the self righteousness out of the Toronto and area saying, you know, especially last year, just give the Toronto Maple Leafs the number one overall pick. They deserve it. You know, all the money they make for the National Hockey League, they should des- they're entitled to the to the uh, number one overall. Who draft said pick. that, Dave? Oh, there's num- Jeff Blair from uh, from Sportsnet, especially said that. <laughs> I tried to get him on this very. show. Show. He wanted none, nothing of it. So, anyway, but that's that's fine. So, uh, I just found it comical. Read here we go again. You know, and yes, the Oilers in this position again. No one wants this. I th- I hope this is the last year the Oilers are talked about in this position again. You know, because it's it's is it a little embarrassing? Of course it is. Well, you know? of course it is. But that's again, it's it's not it's not on the draft lottery. They've taken. I mean, they've taken steps so that. If you, I mean, Buffalo has actually finished 30th two years in a row, mm-hmm. which is the same thing the Oilers did um, when they got Nugent Hopkins and Hall, or Hall and Nugent Hopkins, to, to keep the order mm-hmm. correct. So, uh, I mean, it's it's the Oilers' fault that they keep finishing in the bottom three. And six, I be- of the, six of the yeah. last seven years. And I believe the team that finishes last in the, in the lottery era, whichever format it's been, the team that finishes in 30th, like the percentage is like I think forty percent or somewhere around that range of teams that have actually won or earned the first overall. Well, it used draft to be pick. it used to be about and and uh, I'm sure Bill Daly will clarify this when we have him on in about twenty minutes. It, it used to be, I think it was a forty eight point something percent chance mm-hmm. prior to the changes that the last place team would win the lottery or retain the pick mm-hmm. because a team from too far down would win the lottery and, and wouldn't be able to move up. It, it's it's an interesting argument. Um, that, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff out there. Do, do, you, do you limit a team from winning it too many times? I don't think so. You can't do that. Do you have a – I mean, some people have suggested it a tournament with the non-playoff teams. I, I think no. that's, that's crazy. That just isn't going to work, even no. if you reward the players with money or whatever. I just don't think that's going to have the intensity that you want. Here's an idea I'm going to float, and I read this about – two, three weeks ago, and it was an idea that was floated by Arizona Coyotes captain Shane Doan, and said, how about when a team is eliminated, the day that they are eliminated from playoff contention, you start accumulating points towards the first overall draft pick. And the winner of that little exercise with the most points wins the first overall draft Yeah, but that doesn't pick. work because the Boston Bruins weren't eliminated until the last weekend of the season. Yeah. At least this way, they have a 1% chance of getting the pick. Yeah. I, I would be in favor of flattening the odds even more. Mm-hmm. Right right now, it's 20 for the Leafs down to 1 for the Bruins. Yeah. I'd have the range between 15 and 5 or 12 and 7. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 almost even. Uh, you can let us know what you think by texting six thirty six thirty. The phone number is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're also going to talk about the uh, current playoff format because uh, it's not guaranteeing <laughs> us the best matchups in the in the latter rounds. Six seventeen inside sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on six thirty Chad. All right, and the Eskimos show with Morley Scott coming up this Sunday at 4. 
in less than two months. The Edmonton Eskimos play their season opener against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Dave Campbell will be the color commentator for that game. He joins me in uh, studio now. Some text here to uh, 630-630 quickly. Uh, the Quebec Nordiques got first overall. Picks three years in a row. Why weren't the rules changed then? No idea. Uh, another texter says, what about winning percentage after being eliminated from playoff contention? Then the first team out doesn't have a huge advantage. Still, the, well, what if you're eliminated in your 82nd game of the season? So now I'm uh, again, you still, got a, you still got a 0% zero, zero chance. Um, David says, it's a lottery. It's the luck of the draw. The Oilers have good luck. If there was no lottery, the Oilers would not have had the first pick as much. The NHL needs to quit fooling around and try to make it fair. Trucker Marty says, what is it with the media? You guys are the only ones who put so much into the draft. How many top five draft picks have won a Stanley Cup? I guess you guys will do just about anything for ratings. How many top five <laughs> draft picks? I don't know if that can't be a serious text. Uh, How many top five draft picks have won the Stanley look Cup? Look it up. Uh, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, mm-hmm. Sidney Crosby, Guy Lafleur. Uh, like, like it's, it's a lot. Look it up. I don't know what that text even means. I don't know. Look, this is what what the Oilers are currently, what they've been able to achieve with the draft lottery. It's an exceptional circumstance. How? When is this going to happen again? Will it ever happen again? This is this is very unusual. Yeah, we don't. I mean, we don't. And here's the thing: we don't know if if seven years from now we're going to talk about Buffalo still being out of the playoffs yeah. or the Leafs. You know, and, and granted, they haven't fin- been finishing as as low down as the Oilers, but right. you know. Buffalo again has a shot to get maybe maybe this is the year they win it. Who mm-hmm. knows? And so, team teams that decided I know you hate the word rebuild, um, and there's good reason for that. But Toronto they could be mired in this for years. Yeah, Buffalo you you, could you be mired in this for years. And, and in fact, when the Red Wings were eliminated by the Lightning uh, last week, Ken Holland was asked, the GM of the Red Wings was asked, do you want to go full-fledged rebuild? And he says, no, because I really don't like how long they take. Yeah. If you want to do a rebuild and commit it to it, it might take 8 to 10 years. All right, Dave Campbell joining us in, in studio. So, again, the second round has started. It's 3-1 for the Islanders, 8 minutes into the second period, leading Tampa Bay. This is the 10th uh, overall Islanders against the 12th overall Lightning. The Lightning finished 3 points behind the Islanders, but have home ice advantage because of the division standings Mm -hmm. and uh, it's interesting what's happening in the second round and some of the matchups that have been created because of this format with the four divisions they've gone back to you know and I I was really thinking about what it would look like under the old system under the old conference format and actually I remember Sid Smith our boss uh, coming into the bullpen that's where all the sports guys hang out and uh, do our thing and he said I don't like this format I don't like that Chicago and St. Louis are playing you got two top 10 teams and, you know, two of the best teams in the Western Conference. Why are they playing now? I I don't like the format. So I said, okay, I'm going to check out how the standings would look under the old format when you had in the West, you had Pacific Division, Central and Northwest, and then in the Eastern Conference, you had Southeast, Atlantic, and Northeast. So in the West, you would have, remember, top three division winners, Based on their right, points, this is the, the sixth division format. Yes, Dallas would have won the Pacific, so top seed. St. Louis would have won the Central, so they'd be number two. Minnesota Wild would have won the Dallas North. Was, Dallas wasn't in the Pacific. They right? were so. Yes, they, they weren't were. in our division. We were in the Northwest. Oh, the uh, Northwest. Oilers were in the oh, Northwest. Sorry, right. Yeah, yeah. So if, you're right. Yeah, Oilers, uh, Flames, Canucks, Avalanche, and Minnesota. That was would have been a division. So Minnesota would have been the third seed. Chicago would have been fourth. Ducks fifth, Kings sixth, 
Seventh, San Jose Sharks. Eighth, the Nashville Predators. Could have been an upset Nashville over Dallas. I think that was quite possible. In the East, this is where it gets interesting. Washington would have won the Southeast. Pittsburgh would have won the Atlantic Division. The Boston Bruins, who failed to make the playoffs under the new format, would have won the hapless Northeast Division. That's right. Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto. They would have ran away with it, Reed. It wouldn't have even been close. And would have been upset by the New York Islanders, who were the sixth seed. Uh, I'll back up here. Florida would have been fourth. Rangers, uh, fifth. Lightning, seventh. Philly, eighth. Detroit wouldn't have made the playoffs, and back then they were in the uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, well, so, and Winnipeg was in the East. And Winnipeg was in the doing East. That? Yeah, okay. So it's so things so things would have changed. If you would have swapped Detroit and Winnipeg, maybe maybe things would have been slightly different. So Washington and Pittsburgh could have been your Eastern Conference final. So here here here's the flaw in the, in this current system. Yeah, Washington and Pittsburgh are playing. Yep. Starting tomorrow, Phil Bork's going to join us at seven oh five to talk about that. That's first overall against fourth overall. Mm-hmm. And Dallas and St. Louis are playing, and that's second against third. So what you would hope to be the league semifinals are are happening in the second round. And here's why I think the league will be very hesitant to move off of this format. It's because of their bracket challenge. They love that. Well, and they want division rivalries. Exactly, and they want them in the playoffs. And even though it's very unusual to see a team like the Capitals and the team like the Penguins and the team like the Stars and the team like the Blues play each other in the second round, which means your best matchup you could have had in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals won't happen, the league... They love the fact that they can have this bracket challenge, and they can they can you know you see the retweets all over the place, and and that's it's a big it's big promotional for them. They they love it when people are tweeting their brackets, right? It's just like the in the in the NCAA tournament uh, in basketball. So, not the best format. I don't know if they'll ever they'll probably revisit it. And if there's enough teams that don't like it, then they may they may change it. But I don't know. For me, I love the conference format. I enjoyed it. Uh, maybe you didn't get the rivalries that you would that you would like to get in the first round. Who right. cares? I think rivalries happen. Rivalries form on their own, and it's kind of sad to see the way it is now. You still have good good series in the first round, but you go. I would have liked to see that later in in the rounds. I think I think in the playoffs you want your best matchups later, not in the beginning. See, I don't I don't know about that because I I think. I mean, I mean that St. Louis Chicago series was three against five. Yeah. That did more for the first round than than any other matchup. So why why wait? But it for diminish. It? it might diminish the later rounds, though. Yeah, but okay. Here's here would be my argument. It's a Stanley Cup final. You're going to watch that no matter what. Yeah, sure. Because well, by that time, those two teams well, have, the, have fought to get there. The Stanley Cup final, yeah, it's the Stanley Cup final, right? But. You know, I think it takes away a bit of the intrigue in the later rounds. I really do. No, I don't think. See, I don't think that. I think. I think the later rounds have built-in intrigue because because by that time it's the Western Conference Final, it's the Stanley Cup Final, it's well, the teams that have battled to be there. And I mean, look, what if, what if, uh, you know, the the Edmonton and Calgary series are remembered? Okay, sure. Sometimes it was a lot of the years it was two of the top four teams in the league, but they played in the second round. Mm-hmm. And okay, sure, maybe they should have been meeting in the conference final or in the Stanley Cup final, but but it created it, it created the regional interest that then spilled over into the national interest, mm-hmm. right? Because the series were so good, and I and I think the I think the league has to thrive on. I mean, this is the NHL is a, a tertiary league in the United States in most markets. Mm-hmm. 
So they got to thrive on creating any interest as they can. And that non-hockey fan dude in St. Louis, I don't even know if that turned out to be a hoax or not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that I, I was mean, great. I mean, he's watching Chicago-St. Louis and recognizes that it's it's something really good. Well, if it's Tampa Bay and New York, or sorry, New York and Pittsburgh, which I think that's what it will be in the Eastern Conference Final, um, you know, I, I, just, I just look at it and I go, hmm, it could have been Washington-Pittsburgh. What would have been more... Uh, more of a hype fest for but the But they're league. still playing. They're in the same conference. They're going to have to play before the cup final. It's not as big of a matchup, though. Right. And, and, and I think, I think you know what, honestly, I think, you know, if it, if it is Islanders and Pittsburgh, it'll be a good series. But I think it would take maybe a game or two for people to really grab their interest. So, now, anyway. Now, 4-1. 4-1 for the Islanders leading Tampa Bay. Tavares has his sixth of the playoffs. Eight minutes left in the second period. Game 7, Nashville and Anaheim later on. Dave, thanks for sticking around. Thanks, Reed. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly up next. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, well, Ben Bishop has been pulled in that game as the Islanders lead Tampa Bay 4-1. Now with uh, just over four minutes left in the second period, Bishop uh, allowed four goals on 13 shots. Vasilevsky in goal. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Islanders allowed the first goal, Stornback, Hamannick, then Prince with two, and Tavares with the goal in the second period. Palat had the opening goal for uh, the Lightning back at 3.05 of the first period. We'll keep you updated on that one. The Predators and the Ducks, an 8 o'clock Ched time start, Game 7 of that series. White Sox and Blue Jays still scoreless. They're into the top of the sixth. Marco Estrada for the Jays has allowed just one hit and one walk through five and a third. He has struck out three. Jose Quintana on the mound for the White Sox. He's allowed only four hits, two walks. He has nine strikeouts through five. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chet. Of course, you can always reach us, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. The WHL playoffs resume tonight. Red Deer picked up the win last night over Brandon. 6-2 was the final. So uh, the series lead for the Wheat Kings is now down to 2-1. That game will start at the top of the hour in Red Deer. And Seattle won 3-1 last night over Kelowna. So they lead the Western Conference Final three games to nothing. They go for the sweep on home ice later on tonight. Those are the games that we are keeping an eye on. Of course, we're keeping an eye on the NHL Draft Lottery as well. Again, 5 o'clock on Saturday. Special coverage right here on 630 Chet. And to talk a little bit more about the draft lottery, pleased to welcome to the show the Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League, Bill Daly. Bill, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good, Reed. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks a lot for making time for us as we're getting ready to roll into the weekend and uh, the NHL draft lottery. And it's interesting, Bill, at this time of year, everybody is excited about playoff games, but this has become uh, an extra little event on, on your calendar that uh, gets a lot of people excited and maybe even draws the odd uh, non-NHL fan in to see how the balls are going to drop. Yeah, it's get, getting a little more attention these days. I mean, we used to do it uh, between the end of the regular season and the, the start of the playoffs, and so 
Um, you know, it's kind of found a new home here, which, uh, which, you know, I regret a little bit because, you know, the attention really should be on what's going on in the ice. Why do you think the, the change this year to, to drawing three teams in the lottery except uh, just one is the right way to go? Well, I mean, look, we've we've gotten a lot of tension in recent years. You know, the lottery goes back to 1995, and I think at the time it was implemented by the National Hockey League, it was an important step uh, because we were coming off a situation where, you know, uh, there was certainly a perception in the fan base that uh, clubs had an incentive to to lose games and, and come in last overall in the standings to get the overall first pick. So the lottery certainly um, created some uncertainty with respect to your ability to do that. And over the years, you've seen um, that a number of teams who didn't finish last have gotten the first overall pick, whether it be the Capitals with Alex Ovechkin or or the the Chicago Blackhawks with Patrick Kane. Um, It's happened a number of times where where clubs have moved up uh, in the lottery, and that that really was the intention uh, of the lottery. But I think as, as time has moved on, um, certainly there, there continued to be some perception that there is some benefit for clubs not, uh, you know, to finish lower in the standings. So, you know, we, we, uh, we discussed with the general managers kind of a phased-in approach where we smooth the odds a little bit. Uh, I mean, we made, really made three changes. One is we created an opportunity for all 14 clubs to get the first overall pick. Uh, so that uh, used to be that you could only move up four spots in the in the draft uh, lottery uh, by being picked. Then uh, we smoothed the odds a bit. So it used to be that uh, you know the worst finishing team had a much higher uh, percentage chance to win. Um, and particularly with the the move up philosophy, I, I think it was close to 50% chance for a, for a worst finishing team to to select first. We, we eliminated that by, by going to all 14 teams being in, in contention. And then um, the last phase, or the most recent phase, I should say, is picking the, the top three selections uh, by means of the lottery as opposed to where they finish in the standings. So last year, um, you know, if you, you were the worst finishing team, you were guaranteed a first or second overall selection. This year, much different. Uh, if you're the last finishing team, you're only guaranteed uh, the fourth best selection, which is, uh, I think, a material difference uh, in in the quality selections. And again, it's all done with the, with the intention of, of making sure the perception of what our clubs are trying to do on the ice in the regular season uh, is is that you know everybody's trying to win games. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly joining us on Inside Sports. You know, it's the, it's the time of year where every fan and media guy like me has his or her own opinion on the lottery, and you could probably ask 50 fans how they think it should work and get 50 different opinions. Um, you know, a lot of people have thrown out this, and look, I'm in Edmonton, so i got to ask, they throw, they throw out the Edmonton Oilers rule as a proposal where they say, well, maybe a team shouldn't be able to win the draft lottery two years in a row or more than twice in a five-year span. I mean, do you personally entertain anything like like that? I mean, there are some teams besides the Oilers that, that once again have pretty good odds at getting a high pick. I'm not sure I've ever uh, embraced that individually in my, my own personal standpoint. 
Um, fortunately, probably for the league, my my my, uh, my voice is limited in this. Ultimately, it's it's going to be a decision that the clubs have to make. But I do think it runs contrary to what the whole draft um, is supposed to be about, which is you want to give uh, the clubs who finish poorly a chance to get better. Uh, so you want to give them an advantage in in uh, in the next season's draft, and I think that's the whole philosophy of of, of a draft uh, in professional sports always has been, and I think you want to maintain that um, at least as a concept, and then you can work around issues that come up over time. But I'm not sure kind of limiting a team to the number of first round picks over a period of time makes sense to me personally. But again, I'm not making the decisions ultimately. Bill, just a couple more for you here um, on, on a draft-related topic, not tied in directly to how the, the lottery balls are going to fall, but Austin Matthews is is the projected number one pick. He's a, a young man who was uh, born in San Francisco and grew up in Arizona. I know he's not the first American player to be projected to go first overall, but, but maybe his background and, and being from California in the Southwest is a little different than, than the stories of other players who have gone high. What, what does that mean to the National Hockey League and maybe tell you about, about the, the game of hockey over the last couple of decades? Well, I think it's a good example, and, you know, we've had others, so Austin wouldn't certainly be the first. But, but you know, we've always felt uh, strongly that the expansion of the NHL and NHL franchises to non-traditional markets uh, would fuel the growth of the popularity of, of ice hockey, uh, you know, certainly south of the border, but, but, you know, really nationally and internationally. And I think, you know, the, the fact that, that hockey has developed in areas, um, non-traditional areas, Arizona being a very good example, um, it is really a testament to, to the fact that this sport um, can be a, a very popular sport wherever it exists. So the fact that the Arizona Coyotes are in Arizona uh, obviously was very instrumental to, to Austin Matthews uh, being um, what many people describe as the first overall pick this year and, and again it, it's it's the growth of hockey um, continent wide and, and it's a good thing for the National Hockey League. Alright and finally Bill I'll wrap it up on a bit of a lighter note. The real lottery is going to be Saturday. There is a website NHLLotterySimulator.com Have you given it a whirl Bill? <laughs> um, I have not given it a whirl but I, I have watched others who've given it a whirl so I understand it's a, it's a great website. Okay. Well, uh, we're looking forward to the real lottery coming up on uh, on Saturday. Thank you so much for taking time for us on 630 Chet tonight, Bill. Happy to do it, Reed. Right on. That is NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly talking a little bit about the changes to the draft lottery, why they uh, feel that going with three teams being selected is more advantageous when it comes to avoiding tanking, though I think we still saw some teams be uh, pretty eager to finish as low as possible over the last couple of years. And uh, he, as he said, he's not in on the decision-making. It comes down to the clubs and the, the general managers, but he doesn't feel there should be an Oilers rule that would uh, prevent teams from picking first overall, whatever you want to say, twice in a row, three times in five years. The Oilers could p- potentially do it five and seven. He says the whole point of the draft is to help the uh, weak teams get better. And uh, I'm kind of on board with that. It really doesn't matter how many times you've been bad or why you're bad. The lottery balls are immune to that knowledge. 
And if they uh, come up your way, then they come up your way. That was Bill Daly, the Deputy Commissioner of the National Hockey League. Great to have him on the show tonight. Of course, you can text your thoughts to 630-630. The phone number, 780-496-0063. Still ahead. Tonight, a little bit later on, we'll be joined by CFL legend Michael Pinball Clemens, who's been elected to Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. Phil Bork, color analyst for the Pittsburgh Penguins, will step in to talk about the showdown coming up between Crosby and Ovechkin. And Grant Fewer, Hall of Fame goaltender, in a few minutes. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Mike Riley with a new three-year deal to lead your green and gold. They'll try to repeat this great cup champions. Eskimos head coach Jason Moss joined us on the show last night. Of course, you can go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com to listen to that interview. You can also sign up for the podcast for Inside Sports on the very same website. Some text here to uh, 630630. DB says, hopefully Austin Matthews goes to Arizona. He's the face of a franchise-type player. Him going to Edmonton to be a backup singer seems redundant. Buddha says, uh, parody in the NHL is much better today than a few years ago, and the teams like L.A. and Chicago that have been the top teams will eventually fall off the top of the pyramid. So all we are witnessing is this change starting to happen. Personally, I like that we are seeing different teams this year make it past the first round. It's not as interesting when it's always so predictable. That is from Buddha. Trucker Joe says, How about at the beginning of the new season, every team pulls their pick number? That way no team will have an advantage. Just the thought. That is from Trucker Joe. Which I think Trucker Joe defeats... Again, what Bill Daly is saying is the purpose of the draft, and that is to help the weaker teams. I know somebody in the NBA a year or two ago was pitching the idea of a 30-year draft wheel, where over a 30-year span, every team would pick somewhere in the order once, and it would be predetermined for eternity, right? So... Maybe one year you'd pick second, the next year you'd be 27th, the next year you'd be 12th, and it would be all predetermined ahead of time, and it would go on a predetermined cycle. I don't, I don't think that's very interesting. Now, you could still trade draft picks, but uh, I don't know. There, I don't know if there's a perfect system, but, but I, I, I like that they're drawing three teams inst- instead of just one. And Topher Allen says, we'll be talking about the Leafs being out of the playoffs until I have retrieved the ring from Mount Doom. That is from Topher Allen. Bernard on the other side of the uh, window. Now, Bernard, what's your last name again? It's Suen. Suen. I always forget if it's Ewan or Suen. No one can pronounce my last name. What do you mean? It's Suen. But people can't pronounce it. Well, how do you say it properly? Suen. Like, well, no, then I said it properly I, I know, then. but like, no one, like other people can't. Like when, Whenever um, I meet someone, they're like, how do, you, how do I say your last name? Well, yeah. they're intimidated. Well, <laughs> probably. Uh, all right. Uh, what, so Mount Doom, that's, is that a Lord of the Rings thing he's talking about there? Sounds familiar. I, I haven't. I think, I think it's Lord of the Rings. Like, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings for, like, um, 10 years. All right. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for backing me up there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> it's 6.51. Hey, uh, this is pretty cool. 
Former Edmonton Oilers goaltender Grant Fewer has been named the uh, honorary chairperson for the Oil Country Classic. That's the McKenzie Tour event, which is the uh, PGA Tour Canada event coming up at the Glendale from July 25th to 31st. Grant Fewer will be the honorary tournament chairperson, and Grant joins us now. Grant, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I get no complaints. Right on. Well, congratulations on the uh, news today. You're going to be the honorary tournament chair for the Oil Country Championship that's coming up uh, in late July. This is the the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. And didn't didn't you play a few events on this tour back when it was I think it was just called the CPGA? Uh, years ago, I played a few events. Last year, I played one event. I played the Stall Brothers event last year. So I still try and play once or twice here and there. Yeah. What? Tell me a little bit about. I mean, I know a lot of hockey players will play golf in in the off season or in their spare time. But where did it? Where did the passion for golf start for you? Uh, probably playing junior. I played out in Victoria, and a lot of the guys played. So started playing a little bit there, and then as years went on, I find it to be very relaxing. So during playoffs, that sort of thing, I'd go out and play, and it was just a nice way to get away from the twenty four seven of hockey. Were, were you good at it right away? Did you did you pick it up pretty quickly? Uh, I wouldn't say I was good at it. I enjoyed it more than anything. So, I mean, and now I enjoy the competitiveness of it. That's the one thing when you retire that you don't have is something to be competitive at. So it gives me something to work at and something to keep trying to get better at. Any guys, past or present, that you've really enjoyed watching? You know, professional golfers. I've got a bunch of friends that have played on tour, so they get an opportunity. Like, we were just in a tournament down in South Carolina, and I played with Zach Bird, who I played my practice rounds with up at the Stahl Brothers last year. So to see the different guys as they develop and get better and better, it's fun to watch. Bit of a ever-evolving game, maybe a different game, too, with the distance now some guys can smash it, eh? Oh, the kids hit it miles now. So, unfortunately, I got old. Now i got to figure different ways around the golf course. <laughs> were you ever a long hitter? I used to be long and crooked. Now we're just a lot shorter and straighter. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. The scores are better that way. Well, yeah, keeping your ball in play tends uh, tends to help a little bit. Um, now, is that true that you, you golfed on uh, the same day you guys played Philadelphia in Game 7 in, in 87? Is that a true story? Uh, day before. Day before, not the day of the game. So, not day of. Okay. Did you ever golf the day of a game, day of a playoff game? Uh, I may have hit balls, but never golfed. Never went out and played a full round. Okay. Um, so how 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 is you? I mean, you mentioned you're you're short and straight now. Are you playing like almost daily now? You're, are you still pretty heavily heavily out there? Oh, uh, well, I'm running a golf course down in Palm Springs. I run a place called Desert Dune, so I'm at the golf course every day when I'm home, and it gives me the opportunity to practice a bunch and play a bunch. So, on a good week, I'll get to play six days. Oh, well, that's pretty good. What, what do you like about the aspect of uh, of running the course? Uh, just learning the ins and outs of the world of golf. I mean, I know the playing side of it, but it's fun to see the business side of it and see how golf courses are run, see what's involved behind the scenes. Right. And I assume it's a, a nice bonus for you to live somewhere you can golf year-round. And it's not so bad when there's 300 days a year of sunshine. Right. So that's good, too. <laughs> Uh, well said. Now, uh, in terms of the Oil Country Championship, it must be 
I mean, you're going to get to be obviously around that week, I assume, and meeting some of the guys and maybe maybe sneak in a few holes. Yeah, we're going to play both pro-ams and hopefully play the tournament itself. And it'll be fun to be around the whole week. We're actually going to spend the whole week there. Probably come in a few days before that even and spend some time. So anytime I get to spend time at home is great. Yeah, right on. Grant Fewer joining us here on uh, Inside Sports. Uh, you should ask you a little bit about hockey here before I let you go. The the wrap up at Rexall Place about uh, three weeks ago for that uh, final Oilers game. What was it like to to be a part of that and and see that all go down? It was awesome. I mean, anytime I get a chance to spend a bunch of time with the guys, so much fun. And the fact that we get to see so many of the guys. I mean, I think there's 180 of us. A lot of guys that you haven't seen in years. A lot of guys that I watched growing up get to spend some time with. So it was fun. I heard you say on uh, Bob Stoffer's show earlier today that you've been watching some of the playoffs. I, I got to ask you from a goaltending angle: any uh, any current goaltenders you enjoy watching or, or have a lot of respect for how they play and handle themselves? I like like the way that a lot of the guys play. I mean, Bishop's been really good. Um, Brian Elliott in St. Louis has been, I thought, was fabulous in the Chicago series. So, I mean, the guys that are left have played well. Thomas Grice for the Islands has been really solid, so it's been fun to watch. I interviewed Jason Chimera yesterday from the Capitals, and he said he's never played with a goaltender who bounces back from a bad goal or a bad game like Braden Holtby does, and that's probably something you learned quickly in your career too, eh? A lot of it winds up being between the years and with your attitude. Uh, well, the best thing you can have is a short memory. So, I mean, fortunately, my memory's nice and short, and it helped out what I was doing. <laughs> All right. Well, and it helps in golf, too, I assume. So, Grant, thanks for making time for us. Uh, really cool news today that you're going to be heavily involved in the Oil Country Championship, and uh, really appreciate that you made time for Inside Sports. My pleasure. Take care. That is 1988 Vesna Trophy winner Grant Fewer. This year's Vesna nominees, Ben Bishop, who has been pulled from the game tonight with the Islanders leading his Lightning 4-1. Braden Holtby from the Capitals. Jonathan Quick from L.A. Got to think Braden Holtby wins that one. All right, it is 6.58 coming up to the 7 o'clock news. Whole bunch more to, uh, still to come here on Inside Sports. Phil Bork, radio color analyst for the Pittsburgh Penguins, is up next. Michael Pinball Clemens. That should be entertaining. He's going to be on the show between 8 and 8.30. He's been elected to Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. And living the dream with Jason Jaffrey. Alberta boy just won the German League Championship. All ahead. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.